Lock us in. Load us in. Pop in that A-track. Spin the tape. Here we go. Hey now everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show proper. That's right, it's Friday night. I have my Jedi fuel in me. We're ready to rock and roll on all things new Star Wars. Nick and I basically had a fist fight before (laughs) we went live, but we're ready to rock and roll. We made amends and we're going to talk all things new Star Wars franchise related. But before we get to that, you know what we're going to do first, and that is our fandom segment. Honestly, it's become my favorite segment of Star Wars Time Show proper. We cover our top five IG of the week, which, you know, again, throughout the week, I curate our IG page at Star Wars Time Show. If you hashtag Star Wars Time Show, or even if you don't, I'm looking for all things Star Wars fan art awesome. That could be toy photography, art. It doesn't matter. We're looking for it. We share it on our page. Then on Friday, Nick looks through all the selections I've made, and he finalizes his top five of the week. Again, doesn't mean the top five are better than anyone else. If you get featured, it's because we love you. We respect you. We think your work is awesome. Nick just, because he's not in Star Wars photography land or art land, he's kind of a fresh set of eyes, right? I mean, those of you listening, if you're a toy photographer like me, if you're on IG and you follow the community, you get it. I mean, we're inundated with the stuff. We see the great artists day in and day out. Nick does not. So that's why I love that he kind of picks the final shots out of the masterworks that I choose throughout the week. Oh yeah, I don't really have like a keen technical eye towards this. So when I see the pictures, I just see a picture. When Matt looks at it, he's like, you know, he can pick out all of the the intricate details like, oh, he used an aerosol or he used, you know, practical effects or he used digital effects and stuff like that. I look at it, I see a sweet ass picture. I'm like, man, that one really stands out to me. I throw it in the top five. And then here we are. We got the top five for the week. So this week, I don't want to say that I had like a theme to it, but it seems like a lot of the pictures that I picked. <laughs> you kind of did. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> did. Like it, it, it's more like Nick's a buckethead fan. Yeah, I love the troopers, man. And a lot of these images here are definitely Empire slash trooper focused. So to kick off the first one, I think that this is a really fantastic shot. It looks like it's a, a sunset shot with three troopers that are walking on... Scare troopers, one of my favorite builds. Yes, the, the scare trooper from Rogue One. And you can tell that like the, the color of the armor and stuff like that is obscured because they're mostly shadowed. But you can tell by the shape of the helmet and then uh, the, the other shapes of the armor around the boots specifically. Um, so this shot comes from nostalgic dam or is that it nostalgic yeah nostalgic adam dam yeah nostalgic adam nostalgic adam my bad word nostalgic dam works too (laughs) (laughs) fuck it nostalgic (laughs) adam and yeah yeah, man i just hey don't make fun of nick he may be dyslexic look i may miss a letter here and there but you get you get the point you get the point and it's linked yeah i mean nostalgic adam don't matter it's a 
beautiful what we'd call a golden hour shot. Okay, there we go. Not golden shower, golden hour. Uh, so in photography, the golden hour, you know, it, you get two shots at it. You get the golden hour in the morning as the sun rises. So you only have a few hours. It depends where you are in the part of the world, but you know when the sunrise usually takes place, and then it will it hits a certain point where you're like, okay, now it's blasting my shots. Then you have the golden hour at night during sunset. So uh, this to me looks like Adam. This is a sunset golden hour. I believe he had a behind the scenes on the actual on his page. If you want to go check it out. Uh, but as Nick said, it, it's just it's a fantastic shot. I believe it's all practical. I don't know if he's using atmosphere aerosol or some other form of uh, canned smoke. But really, what does it for me is uh, the the sunburst and having that strong source of light as your backlight provides the silhouette of the troopers and, and that's what really sells this one for me now. oh yeah absolutely and what i really like is that the sun is coming through it's not like coming through at their head where the the light is like too much in your face like it's right around like their waist and and on their legs and like you said it's providing that that silhouette and you get a bit of shadow as well in the front so i mean i just i, I was looking at this and it was a fantastic shot i don't think we had anything like this in our feed this week um, so this was super standout. Nostalgic Adam really knocked it out of the park. Um, fantastic job. Yeah, totally. And I'm someone that it's, and this just comes down to, I hate using uh, tools like Photoshop. I, I My favorite is either Pixelmator or Affinity Photo for iPad. I, the, the, post-proce- the post-processing aspect of any type of photography, I just, I hate it. Yeah, I prefer the setup, the shoot, getting the image, and then picking a final image. I hate processing it. And in images like this that Nostalgic Adam has, these are the types where you've done almost all the work in frame in camera, and you just export it, and you're like, yes, yeah. And that's why I love this shot. Is it doesn't really involve any sort of uh, digital editing. Oh yeah. Just the setting itself was so perfect. I mean, I don't know, you know, where nostalgic Adams from or, or exactly where he positioned these, these figures. But I mean, the, the skyline in the background is beautiful. It almost looks like there's some sort of mountainous or rolling Hills as well, uh, on the horizon line. I mean, overall, just the, the setting for this shot really makes it and then obviously having your scare of troopers there their positioning and staging was really well done as well yeah. so read reading the actual account it look he didn't say when he took it but he's definitely using atmosphere aerosol which provides that smoke effect okay yeah that's... Uh, i have avoided at this point because i believe a can costs like 20 or 30 dollars but it seems these days if you use atmosphere aerosol and tag them in your post you're going to get more likes anyway so i'm probably should just start using them get the 20 dollars and maybe get yourself a little boost little oh dude i'm i'm being dead serious at this point i i almost don't want to share anymore on my account because my photos go nowhere unless i share during a photo session even during photo sessions i'm lucky to get 300 likes and yes i am lucky to get that but when you consider how many followers i have and the ratio of likes to followers on top of the rules of the photo session i my shit my images basically don't make it any further than the session hashtag. Like, IG has effectively killed any of my organic growth. My pictures make it to no one, even my followers. They, it doesn't show up in their feed. 
It's very discouraging. I hate myself. Let's move on to the next shot. I may start working in a match shot into the top five every now. No, and then. I, that, that's not what I'm asking. No, Th- no, this has nothing to do with. I feel bad for. It's just I'm telling you, IG and its algo changes over the years has fucked me. I, I literally, you know how much I hate my work. Yes, right. Yes, I do. Very. I first. am my biggest critic, but there are times when I will look at peers' work. And I'm not trying to like shit on these artists because I know they're trying just like me. But I look at them like, what's the deal? I mean, we have a decent shot, somewhat basic. And then we have one of my shots where I've spent like hours trying to get the light right, the smoke. And I'm getting like 50% less likes. It's just like, what? What (laughs) What the fuck? Why am I doing this? (laughs) But this segment's not about me and me bitching and moaning because no one likes my art. Whatever. That's 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 what art is, right, Nick? It's subjective. It is. It's subjective. It's an expression. Right. So of in the end, if I think it's good, it doesn't mean anyone else is. I just sometimes I look at some of the work being put out there that's getting upwards of four times the amount of exposure that my work's getting. I'm just going, okay, why? You're a competitive guy. So like you like you you look at your 300, 400 likes and you're like, "Man, this sucks." When really 400 likes, I mean, that's that's some legit stuff. Are there people that are going to get more? Yeah, but I don't think okay. you should discount yourself. You're exactly right. I know I sound like an asshole, <laughs> but that's who I am, I know. right? I, I I would figure at this point if you're a regular listener of Star Wars Time Show, you've realized that Matt is the asshole. And Nick is the calm and collected. If you one, look right? at our logo, I'm the I'm the Jedi, and then Matt is the Sith. If you look at the Star I'm Wars, I'm a psychotic. Time logo. <laughs> I I want instant gratification. I want power. I want everything without doing the work. That's a lie because I do a lot of fucking work. Darth Haywood. That's... But yeah, you you get it. It's just I don't know, man. It's just recently. I'll just look at some shots. I mean, we're talking about accounts that have maybe 500 followers getting 500 likes. I have. 3100 and i'm lucky to get 300 it's just the math doesn't even work that's my point yeah it's like the math doesn't even work (laughs) that's the internet for you internet is a tricky tricky place well hey we we've learned it yeah we have it's pay to play it's pay to play or come in new that's what i mean i think it's because i started before the algo change and when i started i was predominantly funko pop so now it feels like if i don't put a funko pop shot out it ain't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You might have been it's like, like Instagram's going. Hey, you were Funko Pop first, so fuck you. Yeah, you might have hit your niche and then hit it too hard, and now Instagram won't let you leave. All right. So now that I'm done playing the world's tiniest fiddle for myself, <laughs> let's move on to real artists that actually put out good work that people like. So, like I said, we'll get we'll get. I'm gonna sneak a Matt shot in there one time, not for pity. Please don't. I'll not, delete. I'll delete. Not it. for pity, because Matt's a legit artist, and I don't even look at his stuff because Matt doesn't share it on Star Wars time on the, on the Insta. But he's got some legit shots out there that look fantastic, better than some. I'm of the not ones ashamed to throw them up on our Twitter account though, because we suck on Twitter. So I'm like <laughs> trying to do anything to get like, a few more followers. There you go. Twitter's a, a tough nut to crack. I also yeah, think so. I will like if you see any photography on Twitter where you actually see the photo and it's not just, not a, just link a link. To IG, yeah, that's a mat. That's a that's a match. I also think that Twitter is slowly dying, but I'll just move past that. Anyway, I, I would honestly be okay with that. At this point. yeah, for real. 
So next shout up is from that Bantha Milk, that dot Bantha dot Milk. And it's another, it's another Buckethead shot. Like Matt said, this was the, my theme for the week. I just was drawn to these, you know, these trooper shots. I, I love this. And this is an old one. I, I've had this sitting in our, like the way I, I handle the curation, Nick, is, you know, every day I'm on this anyways because of my toy photography life. Yep. Uh, you know, I'll follow Star Wars photography hashtags, this, that, and the other thing. And, and I'll just screenshot shots. I'm like, yeah, I want to share this at some point. So th- this is one that's probably two, three weeks old. Uh, but I return to it because, I mean, it's, this is a beautiful, beautiful. I don't even know what you call it. It's almost like a, it's sort of a portrait, I guess. Yeah. But it's a portrait of a trooper holding his helmet, and it's just, it's stunning. Yeah, I mean, I, in like the way that I thought about this, I thought about it two ways. Just like you said, it could be the trooper holding his helmet. But then like when I dug into it, I was like, what if what if this is a trooper that's holding the helmet of, of one of his comrades that was just killed? Uh, yeah, 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 totally. And like just the way that it's set up. So you have like the... The background blur so you're seeing the the trooper's helmet that's being held in full focus but then in the background you have the blur showing the guy holding it um and then what's really spectacular about this is the granular effects on here you can see sand all over both the helmet and the guy holding it and then also the reflection within the the eyes of this helmet i mean just it's such a poignant shot. Well, it's yeah, Nick. Th- this is why you you people like me will spend upwards of two hundred fifty dollars for these types of figures because this this is a Hot Toys trooper. Yeah. So it's one six scale, meaning it's going to be a- at least twelve inches tall, highly detailed. Uh, they basically call it movie realization. That's the name of the line, and it's spot on. I mean, th- these things to me are little works of art yeah that's why i'm willing to spend thousands of dollars a year to collect them and put them in glass cases i buy from ikea yeah this doesn't even like like you said the level of detail in this this doesn't even look like a toy like people think of these as as toys but this figure is like you said it's like a movie recreation exactly um yeah it's it's beautiful so um all around fantastic shot from that bantha milk i mean at that bantha milk and by the way great handle yeah that is solid handle well well played sir well played you know he's a star wars fan yeah i mean come (laughs) on that's like deep cut shit at that bantha oh man just good stuff um give me some of that next up we have my favorite of the week this is i'm just gonna come out and say it right now this was this this to me is art oh yeah this this one is fantastic this is from faceless trooper at faceless underscore trooper. Fantastic. It's a good one. You know what I hate what? about this shot is that he had to put his watermark in there so idiots don't steal. Yeah, I do see that right on the strap. But I mean, rightfully so. Like you said, this shot is beautiful. This is it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a Jin Urso shot, and you don't even get to see her full face. She's wearing her her full. Um, I guess it would be the the outfit, the full rebellion the outfit. Yeah, right. The edu the, is it ear ear do or edu? E, yeah, the full edu outfit that she goes into when right. she's looking for her father, um, and you know they crash land on the planet and all this stuff. But the way that it's positioned, and you know she she's holding a, a blaster that's aces, come across man. her body. Um, just all around the way that the shot is staged and, and everything, it almost looks like real skin too. the way that, course, that faceless trooper took the shot. Of course. 
uh, just impressive. Yeah, I mean, th- this to me, I, this has to be the one six scale Hot Toys Gin. Uh, I'm also someone that I, I'd probably, if I had to classify myself, I am a portrait toy photographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've tried my hand at action scenes and this, that, cheeky scenes. I don't know, whatever. I just, it's not my, di- my thing is portraits. Uh, they may not be as popular, but if you look at this shit from Faceless, that's why I like portraits. This is turning a figure into a person uh you, you you capture a bunch of emotion out of the pose again you don't see your eyes it's just it's awesome i mean this shot was my favorite of the week i'm glad nick picked up on that yeah it's just all around fantastic and then like you said it, it looks like a person i mean like the way that it's zoomed in like you don't see any background all you see is jen's face and then fantastic the blaster and really I, I bet this is a very simple stage shot i mean i, I bet it's on a black background uh, faceless just had some lights maybe a little smoke was used atmosphere aerosol i don't know but either way it just this is just masterful portrait toy photography yeah all around fantastic job at faceless underscore trooper on instagram Next up, so this next one's actually my favorite shot. And this is the second week in a row that my favorite shot's going to be from a Lego uh, a Lego photographer. And this is coming from at Avanaut. And it is a, a trio of AT-ATs, full Lego build AT-ATs that are, that are just kind of positioned and staged within a full smoke uh, setting. It's almost like a full atmospheric smoke setting. And you can almost think like when I looked at this, I was like, holy shit, this is almost what it would look like if these AT-ATs were like coming from the darkness in Hoth. Like if Hoth was a night scene and you saw them like coming from the dark horizon into a shot. And I just saw this. I was like, holy shit. Like this, I've never felt intimidated by a Lego shot. I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you've finally been exposed to Avano. Um, this artist is considered a legend within the um, toy photography community, in particular the Lego photography community. Uh, this person had an influence on how the Lego movies looked, if that gives you any insight into their abilities. Uh, this is a this is an Instagram page that you owe it to yourself to follow and just scroll through for. 30 to 40 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Because you are going to be blown away by what this account offers up in terms of Lego photography, vehicle photography, uh, mostly all related to Star Wars. It, it is art at its purest form when we're talking about toy photography. Yeah. I mean, just like like Matt said just scrolling through the feed i mean it's it's some fantastic it's disgusting i mean this is an account nick that we could share multiple shots per week and it wouldn't get old yeah yeah i mean like i have to limit myself <laughs> with avanot yeah and i said avanot cuz i'm uh, same ruffian, thing it but, could be avanot yeah. i'm going avano you never yeah, know it's close. you say tomato i say tomato that's just how it is yeah uh, the artist's name is Visa Leitilmaki. Yeah. I believe they're from 
Switzerland, if I'm mistaken. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, either way, follow at A-V-A-N-A-U-T. Yes. You will not be disappointed if you like Legos or Star Wars. Yeah, just wonderful, wonderful photography all around. It's insane. Like Nick said, I mean, th- this shot, you look at it and you're like, holy shit. Lego at-ats are more imposing looking than real at-ats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, like the sense of scale, the way that the shot is staged the use of the of the atmospheric smoke i mean it's just perfect it's, it's a perfect it's ridiculous shot. like yeah and if i were a betting man i guarantee this shot was made with just one lego ad ad oh and that he like just moved it and then he or she again i don't know don't know sex on avenue yeah I, I i like visa vesa that's a great name don't know if that is boy or girl either way doesn't matter they're an artist and they own. Yeah, kick ass. Uh, <laughs> so the last shot of the week, I this funny one. This is this is so funny. And this is a new <laughs> account I just found, I believe, at the beginning of this week. So. Yeah. So this again, like the top five is all brand new artists that have never been featured on the top five uh, so far. This one coming like the from Clatu. Yeah. So if you're a fan of. <laughs> Uh, it's a different. It's a different spelling than the real Klaatu, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't. The well, obviously, the real one doesn't have. Or the, the species. It. It's a spe. No, they're Nectu, right? The species is Nectu. I think his name. Or, his name was Klaatu, and then his. I don't know what the species was, and and when the Earth stood still, the day the Earth stood still. But his Klaatu was definitely a part of that. Anyway. The guy's name on, on Instagram is at Klaatu, spelled K-L-A-A-T-O-U. And the shot <laughs> the shot is of, again, a, a bunch of, it looks like you have snowtroopers here. You have one stormtrooper here and then another regular stormtrooper that looks like he is in the midst of falling down uh, while walking on a beach. And in the background, you can see like a big, is this ice or is this water? This is ice, right? Yeah. yeah, so it's like he's walking on frozen ground and he just <laughs> slips and falls and you see his blaster flying in the air. Right. And then in the back I like the I like the troopers in the background with their hands on their heads like, yeah. "Oh fuck." It's like this fucking guy. Like one snow yeah. trooper's got like he's like almost face palming. Yeah, they're embar- <laughs> it's that feeling where you know you you're watching like reality TV and you you start to feel embarrassed because you're watching other humans act like idiots that's what this shot yeah i mean again just everything about this i i saw it and i laughed out loud i was like i can't believe that this guy was able to capture not just the action but like the the feeling like the 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 comedy within this shot so just again well staged well presented and it's just like a change of pace from stuff that we usually see we don't usually see too many comedic shots in our top five or in our shares, but this one was so well executed and so just enrapturing that I had to put it in the top five. Just all around well done. Yeah, I mean, speaking of comedic toy photography, I wish this one artist, Barrel, would do more Star Wars stuff because this guy is the best. But he's on a kick right now where I don't know if he made them or bought them, but he has a, a custom Trump doll. Oh, God. <laughs> He has custom Putin, custom Kim Jong Un. Nice, and he just make, and he's a big weed guy. <laughs> so just look it up. Barrel is B E R O L dot 
M E R O L, I believe. Beryl Merrill. Uh, I I could look it up on my account, but I mean, just the guy is the master of comedic staging. Yeah. Uh, he's essentially think of a uh, like a newspaper cartoonist, right? Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll make a cartoon based on political events. He does that, but with toys. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. He does. Yeah. He needs to he needs to insert himself into Star Wars a little bit, then play play a little bit in the sci-fi realm but look there yeah it's okay i'm sorry it's b-e-r-o-l dot m-i-r-a-d-o barrel murado murado okay so you guys out there listening go check out that instagram page and also make sure to check out clatu and all of our other top five uh, yeah, if you love weed, you'll love Barrel because I mean everything. <laughs> basically, every image has some form of weed in it. <laughs> Could you imagine if he did Star Wars and he's just got like Luke and Han and Leia? Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Fucking, I'm gonna send Nick a quick preview just so he gets an idea. Blazed in inside of, of like of, of what of what we're dealing with here, but I mean this this guy is fantastic. <laughs> See, <laughs> yeah. the shot I sent Nick. You have Kim Kim Jong Un and Donald breaking out some Korean Kush. Yeah, Korean Kush to roll a the, fatty on the yeah. fucking on the jar. Man, this, <laughs> this Trump Tower, better, North like, Korea. On <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's just like I said. I mean, he's essentially doing newspaper uh, cartoons, <laughs> but with toys. Yeah, you see that feeding one? him French fries <laughs> with chopsticks. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Oh man! Okay, good stuff. <laughs> that's that's my boy Barrel. I mean, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, this... uh, you almost have to say weed and political toy photography. <laughs> top notch work all around. Top notch work by yeah, our so... top five too. So right. Um, if you guys are looking for these images again, they'll be linked in the podcast post like usual. You can find it there. Make sure to go follow everybody who you see. Their links to their individual pages are also included in the post as well. So, oh yeah. By the way, Avino, they also have a a official Lego book on Amazon. If that shows you how good they are, an official. I'm looking. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it now. You wow. It? Small scenes from a big galaxy. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Right. That is fantastic. So. I mean, like, that just goes to show you people out there. Like, some of you may be listening to the casting and like, oh, who gives a shit? It's just toys. Toys, no. you know, if you're if you're no, talented, Like I said, Visa, Vesa, whatever the photographer's name is or how it's pronounced, legend. Yeah. That's what I told Nick before we went on. I'm like, glad you picked this. This is a legend. Yeah. It's just fantastic stuff. Um, all right. So next up... The next piece in our fandom section. Swago! Swago. Yes. We're going back to Galaxy of Heroes. It's been a while since we swago I know. I mean, last week we didn't really have too much news on it. The last thing that we talked about Swago related was, uh, it wasn't Jedi Revan. There was one other. Oh, yeah. It was the droids. The, the, uh, um. The Grievous. The the, Grievous rework and the Separatists. Yep. That was it. So, now I love this game, man. It's so good. It's it. I can't. I just. I know people out there hate EA, hate free to play, and I understand some of it. But I, I just don't know how. If you're a Star Wars fan like you and me, as in hardcore, 
how you could not be playing this game. Yeah, it's it's accessible. It's free. You don't feel like you have to pay for it. Oh, that's a lie. I do. Uh, yeah. Now you, because you're in like a like a pretty. I'm I'm in a 150 guild. million GP guild now, and there's there's not a day that goes by where I'm going. Well, if I just spent a hundred on the seventeen thousand crystal pack, I could probably get a little bit better. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> C3PO's around right now. If I spent seventy dollars to up my Ewoks, I could probably get him at seven star. Yep. Yep. It's. I'm feeling it now, bro. I I went almost three. Oh, pretty much three three years to be exact. As F F2P, and these days the pool to pay is stronger than the pull that Anakin felt from the dark side. That's pretty strong. We all know that. But I mean, I'm going to dip. I'm going to do it just like him. I hopefully hopefully it's not as lame as his transition. Yeah, I mean hopefully when you do pay, you do unlock the 7 star fucking Jedi it's, Revan. And then... there you go. <laughs> now, now you're talking right. Hey. You're, you're exactly right. It, it might not be Jedi Revan cuz I I have most of the the faction impact to get him, but if they do a Darth Revan and I need to scramble, that's where you spend the money. You're exactly oh, right. Yeah. You're, you're feeling that. You're feeling that dark side flowing through oh, you. Oh, yeah. You, it's spend. No matter what you do. Unlimited power! And look, you know, with this game, you can do it. You can, you can pay and you can move your way up the ranks a little faster, but if you don't want to, like Matt said, he was a three-year free-to-play player and he's in one of the top guilds on his server right now. Well, that's just because they feel bad for me, and I have a friend that's, like, top-ranked in arena and ship arena. That <laughs> He just brought me along like like his uh, special little brother, you know? Hey, look. Like, I, like, I'm his little brother. He's like, hey, here you go. Let this idiot in. Hey, I remember when you, Charity, let me into to your other guild. and I know, I know. <laughs> so, I mean, it's sometimes you got to get a little help from your friends. In this game. But it, it's like, man, I mean, if I could get to where Kung Fu's at. And he paid. He paid dearly to get where he's at. We're, we're, I don't think he would be ashamed to admit if I could ever get his ass on the podcast. But he def, he definitely invested well over $1,000 into this game. Yes. Initially. I don't know if I got that kind of scratch right now to jump into but once, but once he dropped that coin, he's at a point now where he is now number one in arena and number one in ship arena. So he's essentially generating upwards of 600 plus purple gems a day. So if you're in the know or if you've ever played a free-to-play game, the purple gems are essentially the pay-to-play currency. Yep. They're the god-unlock currency. Essentially, that's what you need if you want to fast-track shit. So, with his initial investment, he now essentially creates enough auto-money currency every day that he'll never really have to pay again. So... Yeah, he's made back There's his There's an argument to be made, but there's also an argument to be, are you willing to drop $1,000 on a game that more than likely in a few years will probably be EOL'd. Yeah. You never know. I mean, I, I imagine this game's probably making 100, 150, 200 million a year. Uh, Nick, for, for uh, contrasting purposes, that Marvel game we started this time last year? DOS. Strike Force? Yeah. What do you think it made in its first year, which just completed this week? 
Oh, man. Considering their shitty design choices and a bunch of people quitting like you and me, what do you think they made? Ten, ten million, I'll say. 150 fucking million. Holy shit. So what do you think a game like Swagos made? Oh, yeah. I mean, Galaxy of Heroes has to be that, like above that. Double? Double? Triple? Double at least? 450 million? I mean, you talked to these guys at Star Wars Celebration two years ago. And you said that they... Yeah, two years ago, and he said, we now fully fund an 80-person development team for a free-to-play mobile game. Free-to-play mobile game. That is... And we're talking 80 people getting full benefits and a salary. Yeah, and just just think about some of your favorite games out there right now. Most of them don't have an 80-person team on to just maintenance them. Like to, I mean, like this isn't a maintenance game, but like to develop for them actively all the time. Like, you know, some popular, like world of Warcraft doesn't have 80 people on its team, 80 developers on its team at all times. Like it just depends on the cycle. I mean, the fact that they can have this many people dedicated to a free to play mobile game is just insanity. So good on capital games. They're the developer. EA is the publisher, obviously, but um, just fantastic job with the game all around. And our story but today, anyways, yeah, <laughs> I know we we haven't even gotten to the lead. Here. <laughs> we, we really <laughs> we're just sitting here like circle jerking over Swigo yeah. and how much we love pretending to spend money on. Yeah, it. I mean, look, every time we have a Swigo piece, we always go into just like we have to do our I spiel love on. I, I I literally it I love Swigo. Yeah, it, it is my gaming life these days. You just gotta tell them. You just gotta get people out there. Capital Games, get in touch with us. Give us some free stuff. We are your biggest fans. We are your biggest Yeah, advocates. give us one of those burner accounts. I mean, help us build up a YouTube channel or something. Yeah. I mean, I, I know people like Arnold or uh, Warrior. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I could sit around all day and make videos can, about playing Swigo if I had the, the money account. We can theory craft, and obviously we exactly. have... Exactly. Like, Nick Nick needs Nick needs a random hobby like this. Yeah, so, you know, we, we have some listeners out here. We don't know exactly how many people are listening, but we know that, that you're out there, and the number is increasing, so that's good. Um, and maybe we can get some more downloads for you, Capital Games, so throw us some codes. Throw us some free stuff. Um, <laughs> Nick's anyway, just throwing it out there. The, hey, you're for damn sure at Celebration. We're gonna find their booth and fucking hit them. Oh up. yeah, we got to. Cause I, I that's where I met them the last time was at Celebration 17 for TLJ. So, uh, and it, it's already been in the release. Swigo's gonna be on the floor. Oh yeah, it's just it's too good not to be. So, we're going there, and and Foo's gonna be there. We're we're all gonna we're all gonna walk up. And, and I'll do the talking because I'm the idiot that's used to this type of stuff. <laughs> and I'll be like, listen, this guy right here is one and one. Yeah. I've been playing since day one. And Nick's just a really nice guy. I'm, I'm an up and comer. That's how you, right. that's how you position Nick's, it. Nick's, <laughs> Nick's, Nick's an apprentice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning. I'm learning from these guys. What, what can you do for us? We're here to love you. Yeah. This guy right here is probably already paid for at least one of your paychecks. Yeah. <laughs> right? This guy right here, this foo guy, he's already paid for one of your paychecks. Yeah. Give us the time of day. That's all we got to do. We just got to take the leap. They'll listen. Oh, we're doing it. We're doing it. Because there's really nothing else to see on the show floor because it's the same just... For me, it's heaven because it's how many collectibles can yeah, you buy? Yeah, Star Wars vendors. That's what's out there. Right. <laughs> for Nick, it's going to be like, okay, uh, I 
don't want to get involved in this because I don't want to be poor like Matt. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm getting ready to buy so a house. where's the good stuff? And I'll be like, well, the good stuff are the panels, but good luck sleeping on concrete for 12 hours if you want to see a good one. Yeah, so, you know, I got to be a little frugal, but I can buy some, some nice things here and there. We'll see. Don't do it. We'll see. Don't do it <laughs> it'll start don't do it start the deep dive into a dangerous habit it, it, it's it's not worth it uh, i love my dad for getting me into this stuff and having all those toys when i was little to look at in their packages but it, it's just bad news yeah it's dangerous it's a lot of money bad news it got me in a lot of trouble especially with those fucking funko pops that kicked off your whole habit like that was the, oh no 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 that was that was just photography at matt's least. matt's make it yeah you're right Matt's making money. He can buy frivolous shit. Oh, let's spend $10,000 on Funko Pops. That's kind of like Beanie Babies, except I think Funko mm, Pops yep. will last a lot longer than Beanie Babies eh, do. I don't know. Brian Mariotti, the CEO, is trying his damnedest to fully exhaust every license ever created in pop culture dumb. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, there there are individual pops of, like, Kevin Smith and... Stuff oh, like yeah, that, like yeah. anybody you could think the of. Golden Girls, you name it. I mean, any fucking franchises around in the 80s, 90s, or OOs, or even 10s now, will have a Funko Pop. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's fake or real life. It'll have a Funko Pop. The president has a Funko Pop. Hillary Clinton, Clinton Bernie Sanders has a Funko <laughs> Pop. That's the point I'm trying to make. Good. That's when I was like, I'm over it. I'll do Star Wars because that's my, that's my bay. But even that now, I'm not even as intense as I used to be. Like, I have multiple pops out there that I still need to get. I just don't care. Yeah. I mean, you got you got bigger fish to fry in the toy world. I mean, you got... Yeah, like, I just fucking bought a $350 Thanos Barbie. <laughs> Dude, that's... that's Is that the one that, that you photographed recently? No, no, no. That that's the the figure arts Thanos, which okay. is one of the greatest one twelve scale Thanos you can get. Yeah. No, this is going to be the hot toys, like literally hand stitched clothing, authentic sculpt, multiple heads. I mean, he he looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I may carry him around as if he is a real child. Yeah. Just bring him around with you. Oh, Don't dude, let I mean, Charlie he, touch him. Be, I, I I bet he's gonna be like almost a foot and a half tall. I mean he he's gonna be a a beautiful looking collectible. It's gonna be nice. It's gonna be nice. Can't wait. You know what else Can't is wait. nice? The Ebon Hawk coming to Star Or when Wars. I take a picture of him and no one will like it. <laughs> no, you're right. Let's get to the real <laughs> <laughs> So the, the the real Swago story, Star Wars Galaxy yeah, Hero sorry, story. people is that we finally have our first Old Republic ship coming to the yeah. game. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and Matt, you're the one out there. You know, you found this story. Obviously, you follow the, the updates and stuff like that. You get the emails about them. Um, and I'm not going to be close to getting the Ebon Hawk. Like, my, my Old Republic squad Let's right now. Let's not even worry about that. I want to draw on your, your knowledge of this EU type of stuff. Okay, because I, I literally it's been so long since I've I've played the Old Republic games. Yeah, so the Ebon Hawk is who the fuck is Karth again, <laughs> and, and where, where does the Ebon Hawk come into play? So the, okay, so Karth is essentially the guy when you wake up on the station on the first station before the very beginning of the game, you're going through, you're doing all of the missions and stuff like that, and Karth is the guy that you run into in there. 
Um, he's he's okay. like I don't want to call him a bounty hunter, but he's like kind of a scoundrelish type of character. So th- th- this is like your main ship throughout Kotor. Then. Yeah, yeah. This is this is I'm your. Dude, it's been so. Now is is HK a part of this ship's crew? Okay, let me think. I HK forty seven because even the trailer at the end they show him. Uh, but in terms of the game, the characters tied to the ship are Karth and T three. Yeah, it's not it's not like your ship. So when you first meet Karth and T three, it's it's their ship. Um, and then I'm pretty sure. I mean, I could be remembering this wrong. Like HK doesn't really work within the ship. He's just like your personal assassin droid. Um, so he's not like linked to the ship in any particular way, but yeah, this is okay, the ship but, from but the... basically if, if he's in your party, he would be on the, on ship, the ship as you, yeah, as you go about doing your, it's just stuff. funny that they include him at the end of the trailer. That's the only reason I brought him up. And there's been strong rumors that HK is going to get a rework and be almost a must have droid character moving forward. Well, that's good. Cause I already have him seven star. Cha-ching. Nice. But do you have the gear? That's, that's, that's the, the thing problem the these gear. days. Because what's the event we got right now? C-3PO, right? So you need Ewoks. I've been killing myself to get the Ewoks ready. I'm still not going to make it. Uh, I was willing to pay money to get Chirpa to 7-star, but they didn't offer a just Chirpa pack. It was a faction pack for 70 bucks. I'm like, fuck you. Yep, yep. I don't need all the other Ewoks. I have them at 7-star. I just need Chirpa. So whatever. I'm I'm not going to get Goldenrod 7-star. I hope to get him at 5-star. I'm, um, I have no clue where I was going with this. No, you were talking about what the, what the important thing is, is the gear. Like, you may have them seven stars. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyways, so so I got these guys ready to roll, and I should be able to get five stars C-3PO easy. They're all at gear nine, though, and I'm finding I'm getting my teeth kicked in. Yeah. So, I'm starting to wonder, like, uh, fuck, I'm going to have to get these assholes with, like, gear 11, 12, maybe, and that could be another five months. Yeah, getting to gear... And that, that, that's... <laughs> If you're a free player in this game, that's where they get you is the goddamn gear now. Yeah. So just to give you guys like a, a perspective who don't play, like you have different gear levels and e- each gear level has six individual pieces you have to oh, accumulate. Stun guns. Yeah. Stun gun. They got all kind of names. For example, Zerka. stun guns, you need 50 of them just for one piece of gear. Yeah. So, and it's, yeah, like Matt said, so it's, you, you need six pieces, but each piece is made up of other pieces. And you get all of this by farming out your your little mission nodes. So this is where the, the tricky part comes in is like, who do you max gear for first? And you know, how, how do you, I mean, in the end, Nick, this, this game, it's not an RPG. It's none of that shit. They try to position it as it is a resource management management simulator. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. That's what it is. So just it's, it's, are you willing to, save or spend the resources to build the squad you need to make more resources yeah and that's that's the whole key to it is like which squads do you max out next which ones do you build for certain things you know you have different raids and different activities different events that need different squads so you always have to prioritize all right what am i going after next what do i need next exactly what's gonna what's gonna help me move up to the next level here for me i need to get ray jedi training that's my next one i know that's what i have to do i already have bb8 seven star so i'm good there 
but I have to get the resistance squad up. Like I have to get all of the my, people I that I need my for Ray. I love my JTR. So, I mean, it's it's fantastic, and the Ebon Hawk again is going to be one of those one of those ships that come out. Of, uh, essentially, they're making everything Old Republic based really, really OP right now. Just so strong that if you're not running Old Republic squads, it's almost like you can't compete. You can't run in any of the arenas. No, you, you, Nick's exactly right, and and there are people bitching like. It, have we made these people too OP? Is it ruining the game? This, that, and the other thing. I'm once like, I don't think it's ruining the game. I think it's CG basically saying, hey, free-to-play players, pay us. Yeah, like they, they've... That's what it is. It's not... They're not really fucking the game. They're just saying, hey, if you want to try to compete anymore and actually get ranked and get, get some actual currency you're going to have to pay to do it now. Yeah, it's not going to be as easy as it once was. No. You know, they've they've I I'm pretty sure that they've reduced the drop rates of a lot of the pieces of the higher tier gear from your from yep. missions. So, they are going to be looking for a little bit of scratch. So, and that's fine. I I still don't feel like this game has fucked its balance to where if you're free, you feel like it's not even worth it anymore and that that's what kind of turned me off of Strike Force after a few months i love the game i wrote an article comparing it this will go saying fucking a marvel finally figured it out just copied this formula and then out of nowhere they just got cocky and greedy and they're like oh yeah we're gonna basically rip everything we were letting you do out so you have to do more work to get less yeah exactly i mean so go hasn't reached that point yet but it, it's very clear now that they're trying to make more money exactly trying. they're putting tactic tactics in to promote the spending of real money yeah absolutely so to wrap this up like matt said ebon hawk the crew for ebon hawk so in the game you have your ship but you have to also have your crew members so you have to have all of them leveled up for the for the ship to be really powerful so cartho nasi and t3m4 two of the old republic characters from the first knights of the old republic video game that's the crew. It's going to be considered a cargo class ship, the same as uh, the Phantom. Not the Phantom, the Ghost and the Millennium Falcon. Um, well, also, he- here's what I would say. If you're a true Swago people, you're probably sitting there going, well, should I panic farm this shit? My advice is, at this point, I don't really see a need to go nuts. I mean, they're, they're giving away free shards, I believe, for the next four days. Yep through fleet battles if you play them if you sim them you're gonna get some of these shards regardless they're just built in but considering it is the only old republic class ship i don't think it's really that worrisome right now if you don't get it yeah there's not gonna uh, because be... you're not gonna get any tor- type of meta going with this ship at this yeah, point in time. there's no synergies built in yet like you would have with uh, like rebellion, exactly. and when I say meta, it's the same thing as when Nick says synergy. Yeah. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's coming out, and this is just going to be a sign of things to come. Like they're going all in on Old Republic. If you look at, it's a cool. I mean, it's a cool ship too. I always, I did kind of like this ship. It was like a, it's like a half-assed Falcon type. Yeah. Of design. I mean, it does. Uh, I was gonna say, like, it has like a reminiscent kind of design to the Falcon. The back end of it is definitely reminiscent of the Falcon. Oh, totally. And then also, just keep in mind, like, this ship was three thousand years before the Falcon. So, <laughs> um, right. But yeah, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know if a lot of people that even place will go if they understand how old KOTOR shit is. Yeah, like old the old Republic is old ass Republic talking. Right. Yeah, I mean we're, we're talking of like ago. in real life, like Jesus's time before our time, and even more than that. Yeah, it's a long, long if, time. if you believe in that guy. So, um, yeah, just a cool thing for Galaxy of Heroes players out there. Go grab some free shards, like Matt said, from the fleet battles. I sim some yeah. today, pick some up, not sure. And have fun farming Karth, because he's in Fleet Battles, which is like a whore bag farm. So oh, gosh. good luck, because I'm, I'm on it right now. Oh, <laughs> man. It's going to be good times. It's 20, 20 energy per per farm. Oh, I hate those. So basically, you can only do one a day, and you're lucky to get maybe two or three shards out of yep, it. Yep, yep. That's a tough one. I hate those. Um, next up. So, Matt, this is actually one that your buddy... Yeah, came in and wrote about. We, we've we've talked about this. I mean, Nick and I we're open and honest. We are super fans. We're well versed in all things Star Wars. But one area, one genre that we definitely fail in are the comics. And I don't think it's you know Nick and I feeling like we're above them. I think it's more of a time thing. Uh, I mean, we both dedicate time to the site throughout the week to put out content. We dedicate time to do the podcast. Uh, and then we also have our own lives and own passions. This, that. Another thing, you can really only cram in so many hobbies at once. And one hobby that I've unfortunately had to cut from my Star Wars life is comics. And I do love them. I have read some of the new Marvel runs. I've read the Vaders, uh, Star Wars proper, uh, the 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 Kanan runs they're fantastic i mean they are fantastic bits of illustrated star wars lore that is technically canon i i, I have no excuse for why i suck at following and keeping current with star wars comics and nick doesn't either same we suck yeah, same i mean right. we're assholes we're pieces of shit you shouldn't like us <laughs> honestly delete your subscription don't do that <laughs> We need those numbers. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm being over the top. But now, but either way, now we have uh, an out, you know, right. a new guy. We have somebody that can come in and give us a a an overview, a, a look into the Star Wars comic book world, and it's and it's your buddy. So tell us a little bit about, you know, who who Ryan is, right. and then where. You know. So so we brought on we we brought on to the SWT staff a Padawan. He goes by the name of his Jedi name would be Kung Fuiwan <laughs> Treachery Obi. <laughs> his real name is Ryan McQuaid. But anyways, the guy he is my Swago. You know, kind of going back to the last segment, he's my Swago Sherpa. He's my Swago Jesus, whatever you want to call it. I'm one of his disciples. The guy has spent way tons of money on it. But he is knowledgeable in Swago. He does spreadsheets on it. Like I said, the guy's nuts. That is high-level nuts. But either way, what, what he's going to start bringing to us, hopefully, on a regular basis, and that is going to be coverage of some of the new Star Wars comic book runs from Marvel. Uh, so he joined the site this week. We got him up there. He put out his first review. And it is for the limited-run Star Wars Vader Dark Vision series. I believe this is going to be a... A four to five comic book run, so it's just a short one. Uh, it's it's kind of random, but I mean, uh, McQuaid put out the review. It's fun to read. 
I don't, we're not going to read through it now because it do, does have spoilers in case you are into the comics. But we, we just wanted to bring up the fact that we, we're, we've added a comics book guy. We hope he's going to start contributing on a regular basis to kind of fill that gap Nick and I have, have left there in our Star Wars coverage, which is the comic book realm. Yeah, and I mean, just a quick hit on this one. Like Matt said, Dark, Dark Visions, a Vader run, and it's the, the cover art for this comic book is fantastic. I mean, it looks like almost like Darth Vader is, is death. Like he's like one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. He's like exactly. riding on yes. this this yeah, he's war right yeah now. i mean it, it just it's some of the coolest comic book cover art that i've seen for a star wars comic at all like period and the story itself like matt said we're not going to dive into it but if you go on to starwarstime.net and you look for uh just just search uh vader comic or you know dark visions review it'll pop up and you can read through it. You can get an idea of what the story was about. It seems pretty interesting, pretty cool. It's not anything that's going to be like, you know, another fight between Luke and Vader that we've never seen before, anything like that. But it is a very interesting little side story. Well, it's like he, he proposes it. I mean, whatever happens here, but somehow Vader kind of gets marooned on a random planet that has some sort of conflict going on, some sort of being. And it's like Vader almost becomes that being for some people. So he almost becomes a hero. Yeah, like a, in a, a god. A god. Right. Which is which is interesting. I also like how Ryan kind of brought up the art and, and mentioned the fact that the cover is an uh, homage to Frank Frazetta. Yeah. A, a painting of a death dealer. And, you know, again, Ryan has the, the tattoos, so he knows way more than I do. But that's what we're talking about. Like, that's why I wanted this guy on here to provide these types of insights into the comics, this, that, and the other thing. Maybe one of these days I'll get his lazy ass on the podcast. I don't know. I think he's he might be a little shy <laughs> to talk. But I can tell you from personal experience, the guy has plenty to say. Yeah, he knows his stuff. Right. So I, he just gotta, He's got to break through that, whatever it is, and just start letting it roll. But we hope to have more comic book coverage on StarWarsTime.net, and obviously, uh, if we get interesting things from his his reviews, write ups, we'll uh, definitely make sure to mention them on the Star Wars Time show. Yeah, so go go read it. Let us know what you think about it. Tweet at us. Go to Facebook, YouTube, anywhere that you can leave comments. Let us know. Let us know what you think. Um, next up, we've had a lot of Galaxy galaxy's edge news recently right matt like last week was heavy heavy galaxy's edge news oh dude i what you're about to tell the people caught me off guard because the guy we we're just talking about he was texting me earlier like yeah man i'm pretty sure uh disney's opening in august i'm like no it's not they just said last week uh california would open in the summer florida the fall so i just kind of be one of those i know everything you don't type of <laughs> And then I read this and I'm like, fuck. It's like, God damn it. He was right. He was right. Yeah. So yep. um, StarWars.com announced earlier this week that the official launch dates, like the, the opening first day opening for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in both Disneyland and Disney World. So if you live in California on the West Coast or you're just more of a Disneyland fan, you will be able to go like tomorrow. Almost tomorrow. Yeah. You'll be able to go on March 31st this ah. month end of the month 
March 31st, Disneyland. It's going to be open and ready to go to. They did say that the first group of people who are going are going to need a special um, no money required reservation because they're, they're anticipating just massive scale here, massive amounts of people who are going to flock. Um, so if you're going to Disney and you're going, my bad, May 31st, May 31st. I put March in here because I'm an idiot, but it's, it's really May. So I'll, I'll change this before you guys even read it. <laughs> So it's yeah. May 31st. I guess the editor of the site should have caught that, but he's a fucking bozo too, <laughs> so whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was my bad. May 31st, not the end of this month. Um, All right, yeah. yeah so cool your jets, people. Calm it's down. It's May. But still. What the fuck's your problem? It's not March, it's May. <laughs> we didn't say March, it's May. Just I'm going to little mind trick there. May 31st. You did not hear <laughs> yeah. March 31st. Yeah, you didn't hear that. We're not stupid. You're stupid. Yeah. So, um, but it still does have a requirement for the, um, for the reservation, no money down reservation, uh, to get in for Disney world, people who live East coast, Florida, you like Disney world better. All right. Hey, Nick, you're the Disney freak. Yeah. Here. What's with the different names? So it's just different. So Disneyland was built first and that was like, you know, that was basically Walt Disney trying things out. It was almost like I consider Disneyland like his test run. And then Disney World is his full realized vision. Okay, but really, like, really explain it. Is Disneyland smaller yes. then? So Disneyland okay. does not have multiple parks like Disney World does. Disneyland is just one area. It's just one continuous it's park. It's just it. Like, like, from what I know about Florida, you know, you, you have kind of the, the, the zoo park, the water park, the universal, the Disney. Yeah, so you have basically what you have in Florida is you have Magic Kingdom Park, which is heavily built around, like, the magic of Disney. That's where... The castle is that is. the castle park. Yes, okay. that's where yeah. Cinderella's castle is. That's where Splash Mountain is. That's where a lot of these iconic rides, Space Mountain. Uh, that's where a lot of these rides are in Disney World. Um, Disney, uh, the next park where where Star Wars is going to be, Galaxy's Edge, is in Hollywood Studios, and that's really focused on movie magic. So, so is that Nick? Has that completely taken over the old Hollywood Studios, or are you still going to have remnants of old Hollywood Studios? So the, they're essentially going to be breaking Hollywood Studios into Star Wars, like. One-third Star Wars, one-third Toy Story, and then there's going to be one-third leftover. I can't remember what the other third's going to be, but the park is essentially split into three. I'm surprised they don't have any Marvel anymore. I think what happened with Marvel... Didn't, didn't, didn't Hollywood, at least in Florida, at one point they had the Hulk, the Spider-Man see, that's ride? At, it was almost... That's a Universal, yeah. So, uh, okay, and I think okay. what happened... See, I get them all fucked up. Yeah, I think what happened is at Universal... Like when the whole acquisition happened, Universal was able to keep the rides within their park that are Marvel related. So they couldn't like Disney couldn't say, well, you have to rename the Hulk ride to something else now. They're able to keep those. So so I guess why is Universal? Does Disney own Universal then? too? No. So Disney does not own Universal. So why are they on the same ground? They're not. They're they're separate grounds. So Disney Disney is literally like a a almost like a, a like a whole city like a metropolitan area within within Florida and then 
Yeah, I, I've been there. I just haven't been in the parks. So I, I just, I, I always, I, again, I'm, I'm not the person to talk to. That's why I'm interviewing you. Yeah, but it is. But a I felt like trial. the one time I went to Universal, I kind of walked into like this almost pre-park with like the the Margaritaville. There is, and, yeah. It's and, called the City Walk. And this, that, and the other thing. But I felt like it was still connected to to Disney stuff too. No, yeah. So there is the City Walk. So like when uh, you're going into it's Universal, a problem with drugs, people. Yeah, just a little. It's it's close. They're definitely close. Not walking distance or anything like that. You got to take a cab, but they're they're close to each other, so not completely associated. But um, so yeah, if you're going for Galaxy's Edge, you want the tickets to Hollywood Studios in Florida. That is where the magic happens. That is the movie focused park. That is where everything Batu Star Wars related is going to happen. And that opens on August 29th for for Disney World goers. Um, so when I go Monday to Disney World, am I going to be – will I be able to see Batuu? You're probably going to be able to see it. What they typically do when they're – I mean, I don't know because I've never seen something to this scale being built while I was there. But what they typically do is they'll have like um, – like sh- they they cover it they obscure it they'll build like massive like mega tars. yeah essentially just covering the whole thing like i can remember in in uh magic kingdom now there's a ride called um uh the dwarfs mineshaft or something like that it's a roller coaster for the seven dwarfs and i was there when they were building it and they had like giant fences built up all around the build area and you couldn't see in it at all um and they do that with a lot of stuff um so you may be able to catch some glimpses, though, because now we know it's opening. Like, you could probably see some of the spires, I would imagine, because they, they look like massive, massive structures. So being a, a Disney junkie, yeah, have you taken the steps yet to look if you can even book Galaxy's Edge? And I'm talking book the hotels in Galaxy's Edge, right? Because there are – there's at least one hotel – that is themed after a, a essentially a space station starship, right? Yeah. So, or am I have I been making this up? I, I haven't looked into if that's available yet. I don't think that the hotels are going to be opening at the same time as. But the there, park. there is going to be at least one themed hotel, correct? Yeah. Let me look this up. We're on the internet here. Star Wars hotel. Hey Google, how many hotels are at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Disney? No, 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 no. That's not what we were asking for. Okay, so... I know there's at least one. It's like a fucking space station. There is. There there is one for sure, and I'm looking at it now, and it says um, on... So I would assume it's going to be ready for the launches, right? I don't think so, because I'm looking at it now, and it's... Let me see. Here is a... So you're thinking they're like, fuck it, let's get people in the door as quick as we can, even if they can't stay in the hotel, exactly. but the, the rest of the exhibit's ready to go. Yeah. So, but essentially what they're saying is that there's no hotels that are actually on park 
grounds. Like they're right outside of the park, but they're not actually like in within the park. So like there's not a hotel inside of Hollywood Studios, but there's one right next to it. And they're saying that the the hotel that you're talking about, this this starship style hotel is going to be right there and the the entrance is actually going to lead lead you out right into the park right in front of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, that's what I want. And we were just talking about Kung Fu aka Ryan McHugh. Yeah. He's he's headed there this Halloween. Oh, to Galaxy's Edge, which will be open, but he's not going to stay in the hotel and he's already priced it out for a family of four. Yeah. Just to stay at, I guess he was calling it like the Lion King Hotel or the. Oh, the, does that make sense? Like the safari. Oh or yeah, the that's zoo hotel. That's, that's or the whatever? one that I stay. It's Animal Kingdom Lodge, something like that. Yeah. And he said just staying there for seven nights with five day at the park, deluxe meal, suite upgrade, seven grand. Yeah. See, that's where. So, and actually, the Animal Kingdom Lodge is one of the cheaper hotels. Just to give you a heads up. Right. So that's why I've I've been in the back of my head thinking that when I do my Galaxy's Edge, I think I have money, but I don't trip. Yeah. Probably talking eighty five hundred to ten thousand for a family of three. Yeah. So if you're gonna stay at the hotels like this, the the Star there's Wars no theme if hotel. for me, buddy. I will, I will be staying in the ridiculously overpriced Star Wars themed hotel. Yeah, to overspend on ridiculously priced Star Wars Galaxy Edge attractions. Yeah. So what I'm AKA lightsabers, Bantha milks. Oh yeah. Uh, Bantha steak. I mean, I'm in it. Getting the whole deal, yeah. So I'm looking at this, and it's saying that the the hotel's not opening in 2019, which I kind of guessed because I'll get the fuck out of here, Disney. Um, basically, what what happens is like, and this is something like I don't know how how all in you'll be on Disney, but to give you an idea, when they open a brand new hotel at Disney, they open up timeshare slots, and you can buy into a timeshare, <laughs> but they only have so many as they have rooms of, of for course. that new hotel. Yeah. Of course. So my family bought into a timeshare when they opened up the Saratoga Springs Hotel. That doesn't mean that we always have to stay there. We've never actually stayed at that hotel. Right. You can stay wherever you, you can want. shift with points and this that. Exactly. You know, so like when we stay, when we go to Disney, we stay on grounds. We get to choose the hotel that we want to stay at. We don't have to pay for it because we use our points. We get discounts on all the park tickets. We get discounts on the meal plans and all that stuff. So I mean like. All right, let's speculate. What do you think I'd have to pay to get a timeshare at Galaxy's Edge? Day one. I think, okay, so... And what are the timeshares for, like, a week? Is that what you buy, a week? It's, I mean, it's, no, you don't buy, like, a certain number of time. You buy points, so you buy in at level of points. So my dad's got 150 points, and the way that it works is... You want to st- yeah, but when he bought his unit at the one place yeah. that you've never used, yeah, what was that? So how much was it? I'm I be- right. That that's what I'm looking for. Like, how do I get into the? Point I believe system? I believe he paid ten or fifteen grand. So I mean, like, really, if you're thinking about going on a trip, like, it may be better to buy into the timeshare. You're still gonna have to pay for aspects of the trip, but you'll never have to pay for your hotel. 
And well, I mean, I I I own timeshares in Hilton Head, so I'm just I'm wondering how the Disney ones operate. So like my timeshare, I paid an upfront cost to own it. Yeah. Then I have to pay a yearly maintenance fee. Yeah, that's exactly how this one works. Okay. And then you can buy additional points too. So say you buy a hundred points, you can go and purchase more. So say right to like upgrade or get a better timeshare than you already have. Yeah, exactly. Have. And then so I what, what let let's play pretend then. What do you think Matt would have to fork over initially to own? And like you said, when your when your dad bought it, he just bought the right to stay at Disney for uh, whatever amount of time, or was it for a week, half a week, a few days? Because my timeshares, I buy week thirty two out of the year. That's my week. I mm-hmm. own that that room for that week. No, yeah. So we can go whenever we want. Like you're not locked down to a certain time of the okay. year. You're not. So you you just kind of buy a right to stay exactly and the way that your points work is your points are essentially spent on individual on your room so like say you're going to the animal kingdom lodge and you want a suite that may cost you 20 points a day um whereas if you go to the animal kingdom lodge and you get just a regular one bedroom uh one bedroom unit it'll cost you eight points a day and then that way you can say like okay instead of busting all 100 points I have at one time, I can get a one bedroom, I can go for five days, I only spend 40 points, and then I have 60 points left over to go whenever I want to go again. So is your is your dad's point total based on his initial investment? Yeah, so, but he bought in, he bought extra points. So when he first bought in, he bought 100 points that he could use at any point. Okay, so, so he got a point for, let's say, he, he gets 100 points for his initial 12,000 to have the right to have the points, right? Yeah, but you're, you get your points renew every year and they also roll over. So you don't have to pay anything to get additional points. You get 100 points every year. And then if you don't use your 100 points and he's one still, year... And he's still paying his maintenance fee every year in cash, but he's also getting points that will accumulate if he doesn't spend Yeah, them. so you get a two-year rollover window. So if you have one year where you okay. don't go, your points roll over, you have right. double but your by points. by year two, year. you better spend them or you're getting reset. Exactly, yeah. Okay. So uh, back to the original question. What's my buy-in at Galaxy's Edge, you think? I would say... If your dad, how many years ago? I'm assuming at least a decade. Yeah, it's probably about 10 years. Or two? I'd say I'd say you could probably get in an, on a package for like 12 to 15 grand. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. dude, I, I got to say, also with Disney, with the Disney timeshares, you can use the points any, at a ton of different places. Like we, my family went right. on a vacation to New York and we used our points to stay at a Hilton right. hotel yeah. on, you know, middle of Times Square. Right. So instead of going to Disney that year, or maybe for the amount of time you guys usually did, you, you piss some away in New York and then maybe use the rest in Disney. Yeah, exactly. And this is for every Disney. So it's not like, oh, you can only go to Disney World. You can go to Disneyland. You can go to Disneyland Paris. You can go to, to Disney World in Japan. So, you, so you're thinking if if... Let's say I'm pricing out my trip there to stay in the hotel for a week, whatever, and it's going to cost me $10,000. I'm almost better off spending 15000 for the right to own points in the system. Yep. And then the extra two or 3000 for park costs the first time. Yep. 
and then and never then just have the built in have the built in lodging at least for the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah, and the discounts on the tickets and everything else. Yeah, and then also okay. when you All buy right. in, they give you extra points to use up front. So like my cousin All just right. bought in, and she's like, "Yeah, they gave me like a hundred points, but I had to use it in three months." So okay. so you get your your regular okay. points, and then they give you like, "Here, you just bought in. Here's some free points. You can use them." I almost feel like when you do the post for this cast, this should be the lead title. How 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 to manage Disney timeshares for Galaxy's Edge? Yeah, I mean that that's probably a good thing. And then that's yeah, good information. I mean, I it should I don't know. I mean, I, I like I said, I own timeshares, but they operate completely different. Yeah, most people don't really know too much about like the Disney timeshares. It's an interesting system, but I I think you explained it well, and it makes sense to me, and I it, I will consider that. I mean it. I already. I mean, I I believe my sister and brother-in-law have something similar. Uh, it's not as hoity-toity, you know, but they they definitely have a place they can stay at if they go to Orlando. Yeah, you know, and use their time. They, they call you the Disney Vacation Club, and like you get yeah, so, something like that. You get all the. Like info. They, they're not in one of the parks, but they're very damn close. You know, when uh, Celebration Seventeen was in Orlando, that we stayed in one of their places in Orlando. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, it's um, it's similar, but like the good thing is is like you're on park grounds. When you stay on park grounds in Disney, you have buses that take you to all of the all right. The parks yeah, I've, I've seen that. Yeah, it's just it's super nice, and obviously you get the Disney level of of you know service and stuff like that. So I would say go that way if you're gonna do it and you got to scratch. And I mean Charlie's uh, you know young, and I'm pretty sure that she's gonna enjoy her time in Disney. Could be could. Are you kidding me, dude? I mean, the the new thing now, Tangled. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's her new shit. We've 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 gotten past the Star Wars for a little bit. She still wants a Star Wars every Saturday without fail. But in terms of throughout the week, we're full on Mandy Moore, Rapunzel, Zach Levi, Flynn Rider, Tangled. Yeah. So she'll she'll be able to catch. She'll be able to catch some Tangle characters there. She'll she'll love it. She'll love it. Like you'll you'll spend every every moment of your time, or want to spend every moment of your day in Hollywood Studios for the Star Wars stuff. I did that before there was even Galaxy's Edge because that was still where Star Wars was then. It was just way scaled down. Dude, who are you kidding? The the one fast pass I lined myself up for for Monday is for Star Tours. Yeah, exactly. It's like that rides basically 30 years old it's iconic point. but i mean they've redone it now with some new <laughs> scenes from the new it's like a rundown piece of shit i'm be like what the fuck is dude this? it's just, just wait till you get in the line like when you get inside of the line and like right I, i've seen all the pictures of the building and all the props and animatronics oh yeah and, like c3po sitting there you see r2d2 you see all these different little droids and well, i'm stuff, excited and it's, it's just it's funny to think that my near 39-year-old ass is going to have his first legit Disney World experience on Monday. Dude, you're going to love or it. Or when you guys are listening to this yesterday, because we usually launch Tuesday now. Yeah, you're going to love it, dude. You're going to love it. Like, I'm I'm going to be 31 this year. Every time I go to Disney World, I'll turn into a kid. I just, I love it. I love it. So, yes, Galaxy's Edge, if you are... I mean, it helps now that they literally own all pop culture. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, once the Fox deal goes through, Disney, my friends, literally owns everything. Yeah. They own ABC, ESPN, Marvel, Pixar, Fox, Star Wars, Fox, any Fox property outside of Fox News. Yeah. 
What's left besides CBS and NBC? Not much. And the, Nothing. That is I mean, they own everything. That is it. So Disney is, I mean, look. They're t- they own sports, some of the best movie f- properties. Oh, yeah. And the best cartoon properties. They're taking over the world. And I'm going to be like, you know, I live in America and you should hate monopolies and stuff like that. But God, I can't. Well, they're, they're technically supposed to be illegal, but I guess they're not because telecom industries it's just have monopolies left and right. Yeah. So, but I'm not mad that Disney is the owner of the monopoly. Like they, they just, their, their shit no, is No, Nick so and I, we're, we're not... The, we're not amongst this new movement of trolls that hates all thing Disney. And, you know, this week the big push is anti-Captain Marvel because she's a woman and she's a powerful woman. And there may be scenes where they kind of highlight how women are held back by men. Like, oh, my God, don't do that to me. I'm a man. How could you do that? Watch out. Watch out. I feel emasculated watching this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's review bomb it. And speaking of that, Nick, I sent you that screenshot that. from our boy Ryan. I just I, I thought that. that was fantastic. That was. Anyways, just to give you guys a little clarity, um, Captain Marvel's out, so Rotten Tomatoes has opened up its user review scores, and as expected, the toxic nerddom has come in and crushed it. They've made they've given it the lowest fan scores for any MCU film to date. Uh, so Ryan Johnson today. <laughs> retweeted a tweet kind of mentioning that and he basically said so this is basically the new certified fresh rate basically basically correct because the same thing happened to his movie where the 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 critics came out praised it loved it i believe it was rocking like a 9091 fresh and then fans saw it and they're like you know what this wasn't the movie i had written in my head um luke's not the luke i thought so fuck everyone else i'm gonna go on here and just shit all over it and they managed to drop it's i believe the fan review score for tlj these days is probably what 40 percent. yeah i haven't looked at it in a long time i've actually not looked at rotten tomatoes god knows how long i don't like matt and i talked a little bit about this last week i think but I just don't look at review scores anymore. No, it, it dude, it, but the sad thing is it's a hard concept to get a lot of people to understand. Yeah. I mean, a lot. even my, one of my best friends today, I saw Captain Marvel last night, totally enjoyed it, gave it an eight and a half. And he's like, oh, man, you're always too easy on movies anyways. I'm like, do you not understand what reviews and opinions are, my friend? Yeah, it's like, what do you mean too easy? How are you to tell me I'm too easy? Yeah, like it's the way I feel. Yeah, it's my fucking opinion. <laughs> like that that's what a lot of people have forgotten. There's two things happening right now in American society. It's the fact that people have forgotten what opinions are. And there's also this movement where facts don't matter anymore. It's only your own opinions in reality those t- have become facts to some people and they're 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 completely different concepts yeah an opinion is just that it's someone's personal thoughts on a subject facts are fucking facts they're they're proven they're backed up by data research whatever hard but we've gotten to a point in this country to where people can't accept opinions but people people also 
pass off their opinions of fact. And it's just, it's all fucked up. Yeah. And that's why I was explaining to this guy. I'm like, dude, what do you mean I'm too easy on stuff? That's what I, I, I go to movies like Captain Marvel expecting to have fun to get some lore added to the MCU and maybe get a surprise here and there. Yeah, it's like I'm not. Trying I got to, all those, I'm not, so I was happy. I'm not trying to review. What, what else this do I need? Like an Oscar or an Academy right. director or voter or anything like that. Like I'm basing my reviews off of entertainment value and how much I enjoyed the movie. Like I'm not going into a movie with the intention of like tearing it apart based off of any particular criteria. Like you know, it's the same thing I do. You know, I've written the last. If you've you know, since StarWarsTime.net has been up, there hasn't been a a Star Wars movie release yet. But um, but the ones that I wrote for EB for all the Star Wars movies were just, if you go read them, they're just purely based on my opinion of the film and what I thought about it, entertainment value, everything like that. So, I mean, you're not supposed to well, go. I also, I also said, well, he's like, oh, dude, you're too easy on stuff. I'm going, what's my motivation to be, to give a film a good review? Do you really think, fucking studios are paying me to review stuff yeah it's like i operate out of my fucking basement people yeah there's nobody's telling us hey no give this yeah no they're not so it's like get over it if i like captain marvel it's because i like it it's not because i'm trying to be different i'm trying to cater to marvel or disney yeah it's not because Disney doesn't even know who the fuck I am, and they never will, and they don't care. Kevin Feige did not go to Matt's house and be like, hey, give this an 8.5. That didn't happen. No. <laughs> I genuinely like it. I don't think it's one of the best MCU origin stories, but it's far from one of the worst. I mean, it's definitely top tier to me. I mean, it could be top five, top eight. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's good. I like Cosmic Marvel. Big surprise. I'm a Star Wars junkie. Yeah. Is it is it that big of a surprise that I like the cosmic stuff? Yeah. yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. To me, Infinity yeah, War. Exactly. I mean, GOTG one to me is could be the best Marvel movie in my opinion. It's because it was it's my shit. It's space. It's aliens. It was awesome. The music. Yeah. Everything about it was good. The, like one of my friends who watched it, the first time he saw it, he was like, This could be the new Star Wars. Like Guardians of the Galaxy could be like the this and that's why it's such a goddamn travesty that they wax gun because there is no GOTG without gun in my opinion. Yeah, I, it, 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 I just I I rewatched the entire first three phases of the MCU going into Captain Marvel last night. I, I just I felt like Endgame's going to end these first three phases. They're going to start anew with Spider Man Far From Home. It's about time I started Iron Man 08 and worked my way through fucking Ant-Man and Wasp, and I did it. Yeah. I need to watch Ant-Man and Wasp because I haven't seen that one yet. And actually, the only two Marvel movies I haven't seen so far is Ant-Man and Wasp and, for some reason, Iron Man 3. I haven't seen Iron Man 3 yet. but At all? Not at all. Like Jesus Christ. And I've heard dude. that it's like it's decent. I heard that it's better than 2. I thought 2 was like mediocre. Um, yeah, it, it's it's definitely better than two. It's still not considered one of the better MCU films, but it's an MCU film. I, I don't know of a bad one. I mean, probably the worst is Hulk just because it's irrelevant because of how many changes. I mean, the CG Hulk, they, they changed. The fucking actor yeah, changed. I mean, so I thought that, to me, the, yeah, I thought that the Edward wonkiest MCU is Hulk. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah, for sure. 
And that's like the second MCU movie too, because it was Iron Man and then Hulk. Yeah, that that's when they were still just like throwing darts, like fuck, can we get something to stick? And they got lucky with RDJ and Iron Man fucking went nuts. Yeah. But I did like fucking Ed Norton Hulk though. I thought he was legit. I thought he did a really good job. But yeah, but I mean, if you if you realize why he never came back, I mean, he's an asshole. Oh yeah, I mean, he's 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 literally one of those actor asshole types. And I I do love Ed, Fight Club, American History X. He's fantastic, but he's one of those asshole actors. Hard. It's like above comic book. Yeah, movies. and and when you're when you're trying to put together like a cast, what is essentially an ensemble cast. You can't really have one guy who's like un unapproachable or doesn't want to work with anybody right. else. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm above this. I don't want to do it. Fuck you. Yeah. And that that's why Ruffalo was brought in, and I'm glad they did because he's awesome. Yeah, Ruffalo's done a good job. So yeah, I mean, good. I mean, because of Ruffalo Hulk, I spent six hundred fifty dollars on a fucking The Avengers one Hulk maquette that's still in my basement, and it's probably three feet tall. <laughs> it's one of my favorite pieces. But I literally that the first Avengers in Ruffalo's Hulk is what made me a super Hulk fan. Oh yeah, dude. Hulk in that Avengers movie was fucking Because incredible. up until then I, I never was really big into Hulk. I didn't get it. I was the guy that would like, let's have the Superman versus Hulk debates. There's no contest. Superman fucking kicks his ass. But after that, I became a huge proponent of the Hulk. I love the Hulk. Yeah. He's he's a fantastic character, dude. I think his best movie is Ragnarok. Oh, my God. It was so good. I loved it. There's nothing better when, when Ruffalo, his banner's like, you're going to find out who I am. And he jumps out of that plane. Yeah. Oh, my God. And Hulk doesn't kick yeah, he in does quite not yet come until out. he basically dies. <laughs> <laughs> Ragnarok uh, might be my favorite. MCU movie yeah. in the past five. Oh, it's fantastic! Years. Again, cosmic. Yeah, yeah, solid. Love Thor. I mean, dude, Thor definitely. That movie definitely positioned Thor as probably my favorite MCU guy. Yeah, for sure. Fucking love him. Yeah, that that really saved Thor. Anyway, we're we're off in a different universe here. We're not even. Yeah, we're we're like approaching midnight, my part of the world. Yeah. So let's let's just move on to our last piece of the night then, and we're gonna talk about some some rumors and some footage that we've seen so far from. No, first up. Oh, you want to hit this one? Okay. No, just real quick, we're we don't we're not even gonna have a discussion on it. I'm just gonna bring it up. We'll leave it at that. This week. Our boy, Luke, a.k.a. Mark Hamill, got himself out in the news again while he's uh, promoting Nightfall Season 2, and um, this is with Denny Geek. And he happened to let those lips start flapping again about his thoughts on Disney Star Wars, and he just kind of dragged up some old wounds that I were hoping we could just let stay closed after the TLJ debacle with fans and some of the comments Mark made before the movie came out and that he has subsequently come out and said he regrets doing so. But then he comes out again this week and essentially does the same thing and pretty much refuels the trolls out there. The The big debate in Star Wars time land between Nick and I was Nick's opinion is, hey, he's a person he has the right to say what he wants. And after I thought about it, after my initial rage, I'm like, yeah, you know, Nick's right. But in the end, I do believe Mark, as an ambassador of Star Wars, as Luke Skywalker, he should probably just 
knowing what he knows with how toxic fandom is these days, and he literally goes out of his way to point out toxicity in his social media accounts. That's why I find it odd that he partakes in this type of stuff still. Uh, but, I mean, this week, again, he basically just came out and validated most of the toxic Star Wars nerdum bullshit. Yeah, I mean... It just bothered me. He should, he should he should know better. Like, he should know that, you know, he is in a position to where what he says makes a difference. And, look, I understand where the guy's coming from if he has his opinions about things he wants to get them out and everybody wants to be able to speak their own mind about how they feel about, you know, things that they've worked on, things that they do. I have opinions about my own personal work that I, you know, bitch about even to my bosses. So I, I understand the desire to do it, but I mean, Mark is in a, a unique position to where what he says can, can start a firestorm. And I think that he, I think he realizes that, but I still think that he, he doesn't, he doesn't, he may not realize it to the level that it really is. Well, I think he does because there was quotes this week where he basically said, "I don't give a fuck." What's Disney gonna do? Fire me? True, he's not employed there anymore. It's just, I don't know. I just, and again, I've I've simmered down from our initial discussion before we went live. You know, Nick, I, I actually was getting kind of angry. Not at Nick, just angry at this topic. And I've settled down, and, and Nick did make good points. I mean, Mark is a person. He's entitled to his opinions on Star Wars, just like Nick and I are. But just like a world leader or someone with a position of power or authority or influence over the masses, I just believe it would have been a little more responsible to avoid this type of toxic conversation again. And I I just feel like it was either Denna Geek or Mark himself. They took advantage of the interview that was initially meant to pr- to promote Nightfall, but it, it just seems like it turned into let's just shit on Disney Star Wars to kind of get some traction. Yeah, not the not the best use of that interview, for sure. And I just like I said, I mean, if you follow Mark on Twitter, especially, the guy is a bastion of righteousness. And, and, I mean, the guy hates Trump and anything that the, the conservative. I mean, you get it. If you're into that type of – you understand the type of person Mark is. That's why I just find it kind of shocking that he comes out and essentially does the same thing, albeit not about real life but about stuff that affects people's lives, whether we think that's normal or not. I mean, Star Wars fans are different than most fans. They, I mean, some fans treat this as real life. Nick and I are pretty much there, but we're not that dumb that we can still separate real from fake. But you get what I'm saying. I mean, there is... Mark has a lot of fucking power in this land. Yeah. And when he comes out and essentially validates some of the nonsense that the trolls are putting out there, it just... It it, it disappoints me more than anything. I get it. He's allowed to do it. That's fine. I just feel like in this instance... It's almost like, I don't know if the interviewer, the author went this way to get more clicks 
or if Mark and him or agreed to it before the interview took place, this is how the interview was going to go. But I, I just feel like it was a cheap tactic to generate traffic for Nightfall. Yeah, for sure. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. Is that all right? I think I'm a little more calm down <laughs> than my initial take on it. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I just I'm just disappointed that he's still doing this shit. It's like, dude, just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Good points. I mean, he's he should he should be able to move on from this by now. And now that he's got a new a new show that he's dedicated to Nightfall, it's just, he's even come out and said it, it, recently, like I get it. What I did with TLJ speaking my mind before the mo- I even saw the finished movie, you probably wasn't right. And he's doing the same shit. It's just like, come on, man. Yeah. At this point, it just looks like a cheap grab for fucking clicks. Yeah, for sure. So, now that we got that out the way, we're going to move on to some interesting possible spoilers. Not really, just some information. Yeah, I mean, you got to throw it out there just for those of you that want to be pure of heart going in the nine. But, uh, I mean, this week, motherfuckers like Nick's family that invest in Disney... Um, Clearly, Nick's family doesn't invest enough. Yeah. But if you do, you get to see sizzle reels of upcoming Disney projects, and one of those was Star Wars Episode. 9. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we had a a Twitter exchange with one of the people who was able to attend this this behind the scenes. Just showcase. a random IT guy. Yeah. That obviously probably owns a lot of fucking stock in Disney. Yeah. Just like he says, IT pro live you know living in a microsoft world this is that's what his twi- his twitter bio is four thousand right. like, this is no one special he doesn't work for lucasfilm disney nothing this is just literally they had a shareholder meeting this week and those in attendance got to screen Endgame footage toy story 4 i mean all of disney's upcoming shit which obviously for us includes nine. yeah includes nine so Somebody on Twitter reached out to him and said, hey, anything, episode nine, what can you tell us? And he says this. So here is where the spoilers start. Spoilers. Spoilers! One more time. Spoilers. Spoilers. All right. So the guy, so his his Twitter handle is at Ladewig, L-A-D-E-W-I-G, if you want to follow him. But essentially, this is the thread that made him famous, internet famous. So he's explaining what they saw. He said it's a bit of behind the scenes footage and some also, also some actual uh, right. scenes. So it sounds like some B-roll mixed in with actual scenes. Exactly. So he says, we saw a blockade runner in an abandoned looking hangar, an explosion knocking stormtroopers in a starship hangar bay, Kylo Ren in a white room looking at the Vader okay. helmet. So, really, that's the first thing I think we can zero in on, because the other stuff's like, whatever. Yeah. The white room looking at a Vader helmet. Do you think think this room is is Kylo kind of building his own Vader meditation chamber? It's interesting, because the, the way that you mentioned that, the meditation chamber, if you remember the inside of the meditation chamber that we saw at ESB. All white, yeah. Absolutely. Bright white drops down it's like a little cocoon that comes over him yeah so i that's what i'm kind of that's what i first thought of like this bozo is literally just such a vader homer he might as well just rebuild the motherfucker star destroyer at this point yeah because i mean if you think about white rooms there's not that's not really a staple design of like first order or imperial military absolutely not absolutely not that's that's rebel yeah I mean that that's 
I mean, talk about blockade runners. I mean, that's what the Tante Four exactly looked like. That stark white interior. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so it is very interesting, and I do think that you may be onto something here with like a, a personal meditation chamber, just like his his grandfather had. It'd be a yeah, perfect. So he goes spot. in there. That's where he jerks off to Vader's melted helmet yeah. and feels bad for himself. Cries a little like, bit. me. Oh, nobody. My daddy didn't like me. My mommy was running the galaxy. I'm kind of red. I love him though. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. So it's a, a little bit. Next line though, honestly, is probably even better than that one. Oh yeah. So next up, we see. Come on, dude. Ray. For the first time yet, the big three on the good side. All of them together. And Ray, Finn, and Poe, by the way, if you don't know yeah, who we're talking Ray, Finn, about. and Poe in the Falcon cockpit. Come on. In the Falcon cockpit. That's big. That's big. Like Matt said, we've never really seen all three of them together in any meaningful way. If you look at, you know. Yeah, we, we haven't. Yeah. I mean, there's no never or ever. It just it hasn't happened. Yeah, like at the very end of TFA, they're all on the same planet together, but they're not interacting. Like you see. Same with TLJ. They're all on the Falcon together, but they're not actually working together this to me sounds like they've now fully become han luke leia han luke leia yeah. which again makes me want this to continue because we had han luke leia together as a trio for three movies well this also opens up the fact to why the fuck did they initially decide on opening up a trilogy to three different writers three different directors exactly very odd very odd moronic from day one if you ever want to hear me talk shit on Disney Star Wars, there it is right there. Yeah. That, to me, was the wrong decision. They should have stuck with J.J. 1 through 3. I'm not a Ryan hater, but it's clear at this point when you bring in different artists to not only write and direct, you're going to break shit up. Yeah. It's it just it's not going the, – the, cont- the continuity is not even going to be remotely the same if you have one person versus multiple different voices. And yes, the the original Star Wars films had different people, but George was the fucking writer for all yeah, three. They had different directors, and obviously the directors had input into the way that things were shot, maybe a little bit of storytelling input. But the, but the overall, guy telling the story yeah. was the same. That's the fucking problem. Exactly. That, to me, was the major problem. It's the writing differences. Directors are directors. Most directors don't write. This, this has been unique for star wars where the directors write and direct yeah so typically you have a writer and the director executes the script yeah so i think one of the interesting things i think i may do this after nine releases and we we get a a full view of it i may do a breakdown on like how the sequel trilogy compares as an entirety like in its entirety as a full trilogy to the original trilogy because i came out in the last cast i said my number one movie was TFA. Like I said, that was my number one. I can watch it as many times as I want. I still get emotional. I don't feel like I get emotions from that movie. Unlike any other movie in the star Wars universe. But I think based off of what you just said, Matt, that the original trilogy as an entire trilogy will feel stronger than this one because of that fact where it'll be, it'll, it'll, I think flow better, but you got to remember even back then George was pulling shit out of his ass writing too. Cause we, we talked about this last week Yeah, during the rant, George didn't have much outside of, you got to remember star Wars, a new hope wasn't even called a new hope. It wasn't even called episode. No, four, it was just I called believe, star Wars. 
I think it was, episode four, right? It was episode four. Just, yeah, it was definitely called episode four because that was the crawl. The crawl said episode right. four. He didn't have plans to make it past this. This was basically his Hail Mary in life. I mean, he, he did a, uh, two movies before this. THX. And, this mean, was a movie where he was like, fuck it. Yeah. None of you guys want this. I'm going to front all the fucking money. I need licensing. I need complete creative control. You guys can distribute. The guy was a genius. I mean, a genius. Not only did this motherfucker cook up Star Wars, but he essentially set himself up to become the billionaire that he is back in 1975, 76, when he was pitching this shit that everyone was laughing at him for. Yeah, and then it turns out to be the but most... But he didn't know. He, he no. didn't know that it, Star Wars was going to become a galactic phenomenon. No, not at all. He didn't have Empire Strikes Back written. No. This is all... He wrote those as a result of the success yeah. of Star Wars. Exactly. Star Wars, the first movie, was meant to be a standalone, we're done. Yeah, and I mean, like, the way that that movie ends, ends at a logical conclusion. Like, the... The, the win. Yeah, yeah. The good guys, good guys win. win. Here we go. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, he... he... So, back, back to the point here is, it's really the alternating writers that I think... Yeah. Has led to a lot of the uh, dissatisfaction with the Disney trilogy... Some of the complaints, and while I do recognize some of them, I, I'm still not one of these people who's going to sit there and be like, oh my god, they're ruining it, it's worse than the prequels, That that's just ridiculous. Yeah, no. Uh, but I made a vow to not get into that shit anymore, so we're not even going to worry about it. <laughs> anyway, next up. Pre- prequels are what they, they are. They are, and we just have to deal with it. Um, so the next piece that Mr. Laidwig talks about, he says... After Ray Finn Poe in the Falcon cockpit, he says Lando briefly, Ray okay. Ray well, with that Chewie's bowcaster. Yes, I like that. Yes, I like that. So, like I said in the post, basically anymore these days, everyone's trying to cop Chewie's weapon. Yeah, after we see what it does from fucking TFA when Han blows up three. I troopers. mean, that's the best part. Han and Chewie been d- together for decades with that weapon, yeah. and and just now. And just in TFA, Han realized how badass it was. Yeah, because so you know now Ray's trying to get her turn with it. Oh yeah, I mean Han had his baby. He had the the gun that was given to him by Beckett, so he didn't want to. You know, he felt like he had a pretty good weapon, and he's like, "Hey, let me give this a." I I do try. love that moment that Solo provides is when he gets that gun broken down from essentially like a sniper rifle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's again like that's why that movie is as good as it is. Those. Little moments like that. Fantastic. Well, actually, when we got home tonight from the bar, that's what Charlie and Pop Pop were watching. Solo? solo? She's into Solo? She, she can handle Solo. Okay. Rogue One, not so much? Um, no, Rogue One, she kind of liked. But again, there was no... I mean, all of them, if they don't have Luke and Leia, she's kind of like... Yeah, I'm not off. interested in this. <laughs> that's like... These days, I don't know if you've looked at my personal IG, but anytime she's in yeah. the basement, she's grabbing my... And I can't say no, but I need to because she's essentially ruined it. But it's a seventy dollar Leia figure from Japan. <laughs> I saw those. I and saw those. My pictures. my Luke, and she'll sit there and be like, "Oh, Luke, Luke!" Like she has some, yeah, like talking to each other and like, you know, hugging each other. Dude, like, "Oh, you're my sister." I saw the I saw the pictures and yeah. stuff that you put up. That was but she's literally completely destroyed a seventy dollar Leia figure. I mean, there's like paint chips on her fucking hair buns. She broke one of the hair buns off. Oh God. And because I'm a dad of a little girl, I, I can't get mad. No. If it was if it was my son, I probably would he would probably have a black eye by now. Oh. 
Don't say that. <laughs> but but my 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 die. I just I can't get I can't get upset. Yeah, it's just the cutest fucking shit when she's down here destroying my eighty dollar figure. <laughs> I mean, you can always get more. You only got one one childhood with that little girl, so let her have her day. Um. Anyway, next up. So Ray with Chewie's bowcaster, really fucking cool. I want to see if she fires it. Um. Finn in some abandoned... I guess the question is, why the fuck is she using a bowcaster? Yeah, I know. I mean, like, maybe she doesn't really have... Maybe it's like I mean, a trench battle and she can't get close. Like, Luke gave up on blasters. Yeah. At least after Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and we know how Obi-Wan feels about them from Episode 3. I guess he, he tried to pull one out in Return of the Jedi. He didn't fire it, but... Yeah. I just uh, maybe maybe the the saber hasn't been built be- built yet. At this could point. be early, yeah. It could be early in the movie. Gotta remember, I mean, her shit's busted. Yeah, like literally busted in fucking half. And yeah, I did call it Ray's lightsaber. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> um, so Finn in some abandoned looking ship interior. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, you there's think, not much we can go yeah, on. Yeah, it's like could be a crashed, you know. Start it's like is, is he still with Ray and Poe? I mean, are the big three going to be together throughout the whole movie? Are they going to split? You know, that's the type of stuff I want to see. But I, I don't think we're going to. I don't think we'll be able to speculate on that until we get a trailer. Really. Yeah. And then the last one says um, somebody reminded him that we saw a marketplace scene with Ray walking through and some aliens. This is Batu, right? Batu makes has sense. to be. Yeah, I mean Batu's a has to be heavy marketplace. I mean that's the fucking Galaxy's Edge we've seen. I, I mean even even last week when we got all the lore about uh, you know Batu, I mean they they pretty much said that in between eight and nine, <laughs> yeah, uh, the the first order kind of sets up a presence, and we've heard about this MacGuffin, and they may be. They, they may both end up on the same planet and realize that the MacGuffin isn't the real thing, and that's really going to kick them off on the actual adventure. Exactly. Uh, and just the fact that they're gearing up uh, Galaxy's Edge to launch this year, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like he's talking about we're going to see the Black Spire outpost, essentially. It sounds like it, yeah. I mean, walking through with some aliens, Black Spire outpost isn't going to be like, it's not a, a military-controlled base. You can't, like, it's it's like a transient area. It's almost like the most Isley Cantina. It's like most Isley. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you're going to have a lot of different species of aliens there. You're going to have humans. You're going to have different types of people there. So it makes sense that that would be on bat too. So good call. Yeah, good call there. Um, I just that's that's my guess I, I don't I mean where else would it be I, I really think it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out that Galaxy's Edge was built to support and enhance the new trilogy moving forward absolutely 100%. I mean they've even said that they built it to be future proof to where they could basically knock out sections of the park lickety split and reformat it for whatever else is coming new or old yeah exactly they've mentioned that like you know famous um, you know, famous members from the original trilogy have been through here. Han Solo, Padme Amidala, Anakin Skywalker. I mean, Batu was a place that was heavily trafficked by a lot of famous Star Wars folks. So. Anakin, I love you, bro. <laughs> 
just the Clone Wars version. Breaking my heart, Anakin. And my Hot Toys version. I love my that my hot, Anakin Barbie is one of my favorite. That Hot Toys Anakin is legit. He, that's a fucking badass Barbie. It looks really good. I mean, it's nothing like owning a little miniature Hayden Christensen with long hair. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean that about wraps up Scott's tweets on the on the footage that he saw from. That's it, man. Nine. We did a as one of our marathon sessions. Yeah, I mean a little um, bit of a breakdown on how Disney timeshares work in there, but. I, I, I needed that, though. I like that. I think that's what kind of sets us apart from other Star Wars casts. Yeah. We actually talk about real-life type of stuff. Yeah. little. You, ne- you never know where we're going to go, and tonight's a great example. Uh, pre-cast, we're sitting there going like, oh, shit, not much to talk about. And before you know it, we basically pissed around for two hours. Yeah. Good uh, times. But that's what you're going to get in the Star Wars Time Show. So if you're new, welcome. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, I was kind of tame this week. Uh, I'm trying to work on my language and my prequel rants. Uh, I I know they may be fun for some of you, especially older Star Wars fans. But really, I'm telling you, last after last week's recording on Saturday, I, I just I felt bad. I was like, "You're you're doing exactly what the TLJ trolls are doing, just with the prequels." So I'm gonna fix that. Because I am a better person than those idiots. And in the end, I don't hate anything Star Wars. I just have some severe issues with the narratives that were told in the prequels. Strong opinions. All of us have opinions on different things in Star Wars. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> and there are, I'm, I will roll my eyes when I read shit on Instagram of people like posting videos of Revenge of Sith saying, I could watch this all day long. I just am like, okay... Why, though? Good for you. Good for... No, <laughs> Nick, we'll just leave it. Good for you at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. Good for you. If you enjoy Star <laughs> Wars, you're a, good, you're a good person in my book. Have at it, buddy. If that stuff entertains you, I'm not, I'm not the person to come here and tell you that it shouldn't. That's just... I'm over that. I, I will tell you my opinions on it. I still am going to release my, my essay on The Phantom Menace. Uh, but again, it's it's not bullshit. I'm not doing this for laughs, for clicks, for anything. I legitimately feel the way I feel. Yeah. But that goes back to our, our opinion discussion, and really, that's we'll save that for psychology class one day. <laughs> we may do a, a psychology podcast if it comes to it. Possibly. You never know. Sometimes I, I need talked off a ledge, and that's what Nick did for me today before we went live with the Mark Hamill stuff. So thank <laughs> thank you. Nick. No problem. That's what I'm here for. Cause, yeah, I was I was ready to like fight people. You were. You he was hot. He was hot. Definitely. I I still have a little ball sweat from it. I can feel it. <laughs> two years, two hours later, I still got a little Fermunda sauce going on down there from it. But, but hey, people, new or old subscribers, listeners, guess what? We appreciate you. We love you. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, you, you at least got some information from this cast. If anything else. You at least now know how to get yourself a timeshare at Disney and how the point system works, right? I mean, we at least educated you on that front. But hopefully you got some Star Wars education too because that's what we're here for. That's what Star Wars time is all about. There's always time for Star Wars time, and that's what Nick and I do. We make time to talk about that galaxy from so far, far away that we have loved, most of us, since we were little babies. Took Nick a little while. But he got with it. He's indoctrinated. He's my buddy. He's my co-pilot. We're in it to win it. Star Wars for life. 
StarWarsTime.net, people. That's all you need to know. Hit it up. You'll find links to to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Android Podcasts. The damn RSS feeds there for you to put in whatever podcast player you want to listen to. We got Stitcher. We've got YouTube. We've got Instagram, Facebook. We also have Twitter, but who really cares about that? Because we have about 10 people on there, and I'm embarrassed to even mention it. Either way, StarWarsTime.net. That's your destination for all things Star Wars, coming from real fans with real opinions that aren't here to piss on your parade. We're not here to make you feel bad for being a Star Wars fan, which I think is kind of how the fandom is shifting these days. That's not us. We're Star Wars time. There's always time for it. All right, people, until next time, may the Force be with you, always.